The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're looking into a company who's providing not only advice on buying and selling shares, but also educating its clients on the best way to do just that. We're joined now by Equity Stories CEO, Trent McGrath, and David Tildesley, founder and head technical analyst. Gentlemen, welcome. So good to have both of you with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Oriel. Thank you very much. It's, It's great. Now, I'm really I've been excited about talking to both of you today because you both have got some, you know, this is a, a very winding career story for, for both of you. I mean, we're talking about archaeology. We're talking about fire protection systems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is this is crazy, but really, really interesting. So, David, talk to us about your journey. Well, equity story is a, it is a, it is an interesting story and uh I think um, although I founded Equity Story, I think Trent founded me. So we're both sort of founders. <laughs> we're, both, we're both like founders in the story. So my life is, is like I was saying, a little bit uh, complex. I was born in England. I really wanted to be an archaeologist. I loved history and, and looking at how things moved in the past and human nature. And funny enough, I never, ever ended up doing that until I really started Equity Story, where looking at charts is very historical. So at last, I, I sort of, I think I found my niche. But I, I lived in Spain for, for t- 10, 15 years in the, the south of Spain. And I think it's an interesting place, certainly, to, to, to learn uh, to grow up in business. Uh, I mean, everything happens down there. It's like the Wild West. Um, you learn a lot about business. You learn a lot about people. I had some wonderful clients uh, that I used to deal with and uh, people like um, uh, Mr. Reva, old man Reva, who made the Reva boats. We used to do all the King of Saudi's uh, cars and uh, and some of the the most interesting people in Europe that used to come to our showroom. Where we, I used to sell them cars, so I'd always used to ask them about business. I always used to get advice from them, and those years I think were were sort of uh, were really important to me. I think developing myself as a maybe as a businessman. That's an incredible story. <laughs> From selling cars to trading equities, probably not that big a jump. You know? Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, listen, I I remember once uh, selling cars to the um, one of the king's cousins, and you know they call you up at eleven o'clock at night, and you go down to the beach, and some of they're all eating little rice on the beach. The the Arabs used to, and uh, the, it's like. But living in the south of Spain, you had to deal with all types of cultures. We had a, a German guy called Herr Clapp, and every time he walked in the showroom, he's an old guy. I used to have I had a British a British bomber on the wall of the showroom. I had to run off and take the British bomber down before Herr Clapp, <laughs> Herr Clapp saw it. He would get very upset. Uh, but it was great in dealing with Swedish people. I remember we had the head of Saab Motorcars come in once, and I said to him, w- w- "You know, what do you look for in a, a, a CEO or?" Um, uh, and he said, Dave, we look for somebody, they talk like this, right? We look for somebody who's bought, who's lazy. I said, what do you mean by lazy? He said, lazy people, they tend to orchestrate everything a lot better. Um, he said, otherwise, you know, if you get a CEO who tries to do everything, they, they run around a bit like headless chickens. 
uh, they try and do everything but do nothing. So you've, um, just, you've just called me lazy on this podcast. I think you did. I think you did, friend. <laughs> he's, listen, he, we'll he's time not, stamp that. We'll timestamp that one. No, he's he's not lazy. He's got a little baby. I know. I know he's not lazy because I keep calling up. I go, Trent, we've got to do this, and he's. Can you believe it? He's uh, he's changing the nappy as he's trying to run a uh, IPO a company. Well, I have to say, Dave, you know, what's interesting about what you just said was that I've been in this business now um, for, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly how long, but a long time, let's say over 20 years. I have never, ever in the entire time I've been doing this had a CEO tell me that they look for laziness in their management team. There you go. Well, you got you got to speak to sweet, you know. I mean, uh, you know, they they have a, you know all different nationalities have a different way of looking True. at things, don't they? Yeah, indeed, I've got to give you a chance to speak up here, Trent, because I mean, you know, are you lazy? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what makes you successful? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> you don't sound it. You know, I've taken a look at your career going back and and you've got a, a really winding story like Dave. I mean, yeah. the first business you built was in fire protection systems. And That's now right. look at what you're doing. I mean, how did you get here? Well, how, how did I get here? So I, I my... What I was interested in in school was architecture and construction and building. So that's what I went into straight out of school. I don't have any fancy degrees or a traditional sort of financial background. I went straight into to carpentry and building and then started my own business out, out the back of that and moved my family up into Queensland to, to build and run a, a quite a successful a fire protection commercial, sorry, commercial fire protection business. Um, Around about 2007, 2008, uh, we had our first child and decided that we wanted to move back to Sydney. So I exited that business and came back to Sydney having not not really a clear idea of what I was looking to do, but I, I had, I'd always had an interest in finance and investing and, and investing in other businesses. So that's what I started to look for, interesting businesses to invest in. And I thought that I could add value to those businesses as well based on the fact that I had learned everything in business by making every possible mistake you could. I didn't have a, like I said, a traditional background um, in business and, and finance. I just learned by living it. Um, and I thought that I could add value by make, by bringing that knowledge to other businesses. And it just so happened at the same time, around about 2015, 2016, um, I saw David and Equity Story looking for um, an investor and an investment, and part of, as part of that information, he provided the results that he'd been um, been able to achieve for his clients. And at first glance, I looked at looked at them and thought, well, hang on a second, like I need to have a look into this. They were obviously very good results. I'd also had the worst possible introduction you could you could potentially have into the stock market, getting advice from a family member back in 2008 that we absolutely had to invest in equities. It was an absolute must. So at that time money was cheap and we put up what we had plus what the bank would give us. And I think about a week later, we were getting margin called. So at, at that time, I swore that I would have nothing to do with shares or equities again. Then um, fast forward to 2015, I stumbled across Dave and went and met with him in his office there. And he showed me very quickly that, was, that there was a very, very much a method to the madness. And um, I invested in the business at that point. Uh, it was always just going to be I was always just looking to be a silent investor. I really didn't have any interest in being involved in the business. But what I saw was a genuinely good guy doing genuinely good things for people and producing fantastic results, regardless of 
who they were or how much money they had. And I saw the business needed to Trent, help. Stop. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so from that point forwards, you know, I, I dedicated all my time to Equity Story for three years. I put my hand up and said, listen, I'm going to treat this business as my own. This business can do great things. And for three years, um, you know, even with my very supportive wife having, having to explain to her that I was turning up and not taking anything from that business, I knew it would pay off one day. And now we're at the at sort of the tipping point where we will have the, the capital and resources behind us to um, help as many people as we possibly can. No, listen, it, it was when he came in, it was it was fantastic because I actually wanted to grow the business and I put an advert. I thought, oh, I'll just put an advert for fun in a, one of those angel investor websites. And I, and I thought if someone did, you know, come in and, and want to invest in equity story, it'd be some guys like 60 or 70, uh, is, you know, sort of done it all before, fat and old or whatever, right? And uh, Trent walks in and I and they were actually having a, mo- a modeling shoot near us at the time. And I thought I thought he was the Calvin Klein model that got lost, right? Because he, he was the last person that, you know, he's a good looking guy, Trent. He's young. He was the last person I expect to walk in and say, oh, you Dave? I went, oh, yeah. And uh, ever since then, no, it's been fantastic. And he is also, um, and he's shy now, Oriel, because he's actually a, a, a pretty shy CEO. Uh, he he learned, I taught him the Cincinnati trading method. He's absolutely brilliant at it. Uh, he entered into the, the US trading competition in America. And I think you got in the top 10, did you not, Trent? Um, yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, wow, no, that's impressive. Yeah, so, but just following the system. So not only uh, is he a good CEO, he's also uh, a very, a good very good trader. Yeah. 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 So, so the, this is this is a brilliant story. Um, and what is so nice about this is you guys have been working together now for over six years, and you clearly are still supporting each other in this incredible way. And I think that says a lot for how you guys work together. Hmm. Yeah, I do drive him nuts at times. Like, <laughs> like it's not it's not always like that. It's like we're the perfect perfect yin and yang. Well, yeah. you did start off by calling him lazy, Dave. So. No, yeah, no, no, don't, don't, yeah. don't want to dwell on that. Um, I, think but... I think we're a good mix because Trent is calm, he's sensible, he's intelligent, and I'm sort of more excitable, emotional. Um, so it's a good mix. Yeah, that is, that is a good mix. So talk to us about listing on the stock exchange. Um, that's happening. Yeah, no, it's it's extremely exciting, and and I think we just, we sort of need to do it really to take that business to the next step and uh to take it where it needs to be and uh i mean i'm gonna let trent you know he's the one that came to me like three or four years ago and say dave you know one day we'll ipo this business and i'm like oh really you know (laughs) and so i'll let trent tell you about it and what he's doing there because uh he's really uh been working really hard on it for the last uh year and a half or two years Talk to us about where you're at there, Trent, and valuations and so forth. Sure. So what our major focus has been for the last five to seven years is building a reputation. And we've been able to do that and sustain that over this period. And you can you can just go and have a look. Anyone can go and have a look at the reviews and testimonials left by our members. It's the most important thing to us. We've been working incredibly hard to achieve and maintain that, which is no easy feat in this particular sector where you've got our analysts and our advisors you know every day every trading day for 15 to 20 minutes a day going on and putting out content and not sitting on the fence making calls on particular on specific stocks each and every day you know it's very hard to to build and maintain a a quality reputation and we've done that 
We've also done that with very little capital behind us, um, and we've always wanted to, to look after the, the longer-term shareholders and ensure, to this point, there's no unnecessary dilution. Um, so we've just tried to do everything we possibly can, you know, basically to this point on the off the sniff of an oily rag, to get us to this point now where we have the service, we have the reputation, we put in all the hard work to get here, and now we're just looking for that capital injection and exposure to sort of re- release the shackles, so to say, to be able to take this business to the to, to where it, it can go and also build on the memberships that we have by offering complementary services and products over and above the advice that um, we've driven most of our revenue from to this point. What, what do you think what you are going to raise and what, what's your timeline here, um, Trent? So the timeline is, so we've, we lodged our prospectus on the 4th. Uh, the offer opens. There is a priority offer to our um, paying subscribers on the 14th. Um, which closes, I believe, on the on the the fourth of March, with an expected date for quotation on the ASX of the eighteenth of March. Obviously, these dates are subject to change, and we're looking to raise a minimum of four and a half million dollars, and we'll accept a, a million um, of oversubscriptions. And what's the response been so far? So the response from members has been really, really positive. So the one of the reasons that we were confident in where we have been confident in listing the business is we have such a dedicated client base we know that from we've we've completed annual surveys with our members and subscribers we did one in uh, september last year and we know that from those who completed the survey which was around about 226 respondents so it's a decent um, reply rates to sort of gauge where our members are at. We've got at least over 80% of those are extremely interested in, in IPOs specifically. So we know that there is interest from our membership base for IPOs. We know that they're big fans of Equity Story. So we I think we have a bit of a leg up on most businesses that are looking to list, especially when it comes to looking for the, for the spread at IPO, um, that we're confident that our membership, our members and subscribers will support us at listing. So... For both of you, so you obviously, from our discussion this morning, are both traders and both successful traders at that. Where do you see this this business uh, going in the future? Because you're educators, you're advisors, but yeah. you're also fund managers. So w- where is the business going to be headed in the next sort of two to five years? So what we're looking to do is we're looking to build the existing subscriber base with the advisory services. We're looking to build the education business. What's important with our business, what stood out over the years is how important educating our members is. And what we've started to do more recently is to bundle our education and advice services up front. We find that an, an, an educated investor uh, is obviously a lot a lot better investor. So our, our members that subscribe for our advice services are seeing a lot of value in just getting some basic investing strategies and principles in place when they start. So we're looking to build and drive both those businesses. Then there's also been demand over the years for managed funds by Equity Story. So in late 2020, we set up a, a separate and independent uh, funds management business that we, we kicked off uh, with a small amount of money, which we limited. We're very uh, much about crawling before we walk, walk, before we walk. It was our first foray into funds management. So we kicked that off under the management of our lead fundamental analyst, Peter Kopetz. And what we did is we set that up as a wholesale structure. But what is important to us is that we're always able to provide quality services to retail investors as well. So 
Um, we're also able to set up a retail feeder into that whole that wholesale structure to ensure that you know all um, all levels of investors can uh, participate in in the services that we offer. And then over and above that, like I said, there's a lot of interest for IPOs and capital raises. So we would very much look into that space as well. And then we're just looking to into complementary products and services like execution brokerage. We're really just looking to be a full service business that whatever you're looking for in the equity space, that Equity Story has a quality product or service to offer. And then over and above that, we're exploring licensing expansion into other markets um, like the US, for example, we're currently exploring SEC licensing to provide similar services to what we provide in Australia overseas as well, pending approval in those markets. And Oriol, the, the interesting thing is, you know, it's our it's our model, right? It's our intellectual property, how we trade and how we see the market, which is, you know, I've had, we must have had over 500 people have done what we call a Cincinnati trading course. I've had guys that have been in the business all their lives, like in finance. And they said to me, Dave, I cannot believe I did not know this, like, 30 40 years ago everybody that all our members that do the course they they embraces them in our logic how we see the market how we trade when we buy a stock when we sell a stock um and and i think that model is what's totally totally unique this model we've devised now there's a lot of people that say oh you know you're you're sort of only as good as your model and i think we are and our model time and time and time again it, it we it's successful and it works. Now, Dave, you are also part of the um, education team, the advice team. It's, you know, you, you've got your hands in sort of all parts of the business. You're a podcaster as well to get your okay. advice out there. What are you finding that investors want from you in terms of that advice? Well, you know what it's 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 a I see us. Sometimes I always see us as uh, saving souls. Because everybody loves to trade and they want to trade, but 99% of people don't know how to do it. And when we teach them a course, the first thing we do is trying to teach them to protect their money, rule number one. And then we teach them when to, when to buy a story and when to get out of a story. And a lot of it, it's, it's fascinating, but it's, um, it's, it's, we call it brainwashing. We have to get people to think differently. And you know, from the day we're born, Oriel, all we want to do is is get a, is buy things that are cheap, don't we? We want to we want to buy a, you know get a house on a good deal, or there's a there's a, there's a, a cheap deal, for example, in the shopping mall, and I can get some cho- clothes at a good deal. And I think when people have never traded or been in the stock market before, the first thing they do is they go, "Oh, look, that looks cheap. It was trading at nine dollars, and now it's at two dollars." And and what you have to explain to them is that that's the way you're actually going to lose money because you want to invest in the companies which are growing their revenue every year getting stronger if a company is not doing well often it get often the story can go downhill and can get worse and worse and worse so what we do we really mix the fundamentals and the technicals together to only enter into stories when we when we believe the technicals are saying to us the market is buying the story they're recognizing the story and that we're going to make money because at the end of the day we only make money for people if the shares are going up mm-hmm. uh, and the stocks are going up so um so by combining the technicals and fundamentals and getting in the stories at the right time and only trying to take those easy runs of money is what we do. And that's why we call it, uh, uh, the, it's, uh, well, it's, uh, we call it the Cincinnati trading method. 
So, so what are you telling people today? Like if I came to you today, Dave, and I said, what should I do today? Should I buy? Should I sell? What should I buy? What should I sell? What would you tell me? Firstly, he'd give you the general advice disclaimer. Yes. Thank you, Trent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you, boss. That's very, um, very, very important part yeah. of the conversation. Uh, and yeah, no, definitely. And and I think the biggest issue you get, and this is normal, someone will often say, you know, you'll often they don't know if they bought the share for the short term or the long term. So people buy shares, yeah. and if you ever ever talk to them, they go. And if you ever say to them, oh, do, is this a trade or did you buy it long term? They don't know. They go because they don't have a plan. So we have to teach them that, you know, a part of the course, whatever you buy, you've got to have a plan. You've got to know why you're buying it and what you're trying to do with it. And if you've, you know, the best, the most money you're ever going to make is buying a story and holding it as long as you can. But you only really want to hold that story when it's going up. The problem we've got at the moment is we've got um, an ASX 200, which is starting to trend down. And if you're a short-term trader and what we're talking to people, you want to be in and out fairly quickly, but also try and avoid the more high spec stocks at the moment. So, you know, the market's changing all the time. At the moment, we do not like the market at all, to be honest, Oriel. We're looking at it, uh, you know, it's a little bit similar. We, we, you know, we look at history and we look at how things have moved in the past. And, you know, we've got obviously inflation on the, on the we've got a lot of stocks are quite highly valued. Um, you know, it's, it's 13 years really since the, the 2009 fall. Uh, we had a similar from, from 87 to 2000. There's 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 a lot of issues out there. You've got an issue with Ukraine, so when we teach people uh, certainly short term trading, the most important thing is that we have a bullish Dow. You've got a bullish Nasdaq, and you've got a bullish ASX 200. And at the moment, those are those are sort of uh, weathering slightly. So sometimes on the podcast, if it's looking bad, like I think the other week we just. Uh, we told everyone to go and play golf this week, right? Uh, because you, to make money, you want to... I don't know if you've ever played backgammon, right? Because our system is like backgammon. We only we, we try and put all the odds in our favor. So we tick 10 boxes. And if all those boxes tick, I know there's a good chance 80, 90% of the time I'm going to make money on it. If all those boxes don't tick, it's not working for us. So we'd rather maybe be patient, hold cash, see what the market does over the next two or three weeks. And we don't mind paying more for shares, but we just want to get into them when we feel that they're going to move up and not go down. So we are just about, I love that advice that you've just given, Dave. We are just about out of time, um, yeah. but I don't want to let you go without a stock now. Can you give me one stock that's interesting right now? Um, oh, we've, got, we've got lots. So I'm going I, I, to chicken out a little bit and I'm going to give you one which uh, has got a good chart. And uh, the code is um, IGL. And the reason we quite like it is it's got a good chart. It's going up. It's moving up very, very nicely. But um, it's got a nice little dividend of 7.6% on a PE of 9. And, and it's going up. And at the end of the day, those are, at the moment, the market is, look, is, is embracing those type of stocks, which are more value, more value orientated than those high tech stocks. Okay, all right. IGL ASX code. Couldn't let you go without it, Dave. And I'll give you a big. And we like obviously Macquarie Group at the moment. I I thought their announcement was very very good the other day. So, uh, you know, for people who like the the sort of bigger stories, I think Macquarie Group is still looking very good. Awesome, awesome, great conversation, um, Dave and Trent. Thank you both so much for coming on on Stockhead to 
talk to us about it to Stock Insiders. Um, really love this conversation today. And thank you for all the fun you gave us or watching you on, uh, in the past on TV. I've always thought you were great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Mutual admiration. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and for me, it's it's now 10.34 in the morning, the lazy CEO. That's, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you to rush into your day, Trent. But, uh... <laughs> time for golf. Time for yeah. golf, boss. Thank you so much. Fantastic to have you both. Um, and that's it for Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy it if you are playing golf and we'll see you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.